Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. You know, sometimes people talk about the fact that men need respect and that women need love. As a matter of fact, there's a guy, I've not met him, I'm sure he's a wonderful man, that actually makes a living off telling people that women need love and men need respect. But you know something? We've discovered that's not exactly true. (laughs) What I mean by that is we've discovered that men and women both need love and respect. As a matter of fact, that's one of the biggest problems we see when people come to us for marital help, that one person feels disrespected. When you look at it, it's really not a gender thing, although we're going to ask Kimberly Holmes, our CEO, about this in just a moment, because of the fact that didn't you just recently do a video where you said that men... Well, you see, the way I would have started this program was to say, here's why men don't need respect, and then just wait. <laughs> because you just did a video, a video on, that, right? on our YouTube channel, yes. And to test out this title that I used for the video, I told my husband about it on our way to um, Alabama. We were going on a trip this past week, and then I said, hey, babe, this past week I did a video. Guess what it was about? And he said, what? And I said, I did a video on why men don't need respect. And then I just looked at him. And he said? You've got to be kidding me. (laughs) He said, what exactly did you say in this video? Because it goes against everything we're taught in society, right? Mm -hmm. Men need respect. That's what people say all the time. That's what men say all the time. And when I explained to my husband what the video was about, he said, not me. I just need respect. And I was like, yeah, right, whatever. Mm-hmm. So how can they find this uh, YouTube heresy, I mean, video that you have done? <laughs> you can go to youtube.com slash marriage helper. It's not up yet, though. You have oh. to subscribe to our channel. It's going to be unleashed later this week. But Unleashed. That's an interesting word. <laughs> it probably, the rage against me will be unleashed <laughs> later this week because what's going to happen is there's going to be the people that read the headline, don't listen to the video, and the comments are going to be About the headline terrible. and not about exactly. what you really said. I don't know what hmm. I'm saying, blah, blah, blah. They're going to attack me. It's going to be wonderful. Because wait. interestingly, in The Marriage Clinic, which is a book by Gottman, uh, it's the kind of book that you can actually get on the internet if you wish. You can buy it on Amazon. It's like $30, $35, something like that. And Gottman's a guru when it comes to marriage research. Mm-hmm. In that particular book, and, and I'm not sure why you would buy it because it's actually written for those of us in the marriage industry, quote unquote, uh, and, and can be somewhat dull for other people to read. And it, he actually does what's called a literature review. And in that literature review, he goes through a bunch of different research where they were asking people, what was your motivation? Why is it that you wanted out of a marriage? Why did you want a divorce? And they found, for example, that 67% of women, that's two out of three, obviously, that 67% of women said, I, I don't want to be in this marriage anymore, anymore because I do not feel loved. But then when they got to talking about respect, they found about 59% of both men and women, which is nearly two out of three of both men and women, that the reason that they didn't want to be in the marriage was because they felt belittled. And so Gottman goes on to write, then we must conclude, based on these various research projects he was looking at, these studies that were done, that people typically want out of a marriage because they do not feel loved or they do not feel 
respected or they do not feel liked. And generally speaking, we find that to be true because when people come through, for example, our uh, our intensive workshops for marriages that are in trouble, we find that the, the biggest problem that brings people to us would be infidelity, his, hers, or both, and that the next biggest problem that brings people to us is that either he or she doesn't feel respected, and it's gotten to the point where they resent it and they want out of the marriage, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know this to be true, but I would even venture to say it's the reason most teenagers want out of their house. Well, I think so. As a matter of fact, I think that pretty well is applicable across the board. Mm-hmm. If it's any kind of a relationship, even employee-employer, mm-hmm. even best friends, whatever it might be, a teacher-student, I'm almost in a relationship that you look at and say, this matters to me. Mm-hmm. Typically, when people want out, it's for one of these three reasons in terms of motivation. I don't feel like you love me, or I don't feel like you like me, or I don't feel like you respect me. Now, the symptoms can be all kinds of things like, mm-hmm. well, we're having sexual problems or in-law problems or financial problems. But in the social sciences, we tend to look underneath that mm-hmm. and go, what are the emotions that are occurring? And it's typically one of those three. Mm-hmm. Now, we're gonna be taking your phone calls in just a moment. Mm-hmm. We hope that you call. We'd love to talk to you during this program. Our telephone number is 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Dr. Joe Beam with Mary Helper, and this is Kimberly Holmes, who is our leader, our fearless leader. And uh, she leads us into doing things to help people all around the world, particularly in terms of marriage, mm-hmm. but we could say even in terms of relationships. And therefore, if you want to call and ask us a question or make a comment about relationships, that number that I just gave you is how you contact us to get on this program mm-hmm. live right now. Now remember, when you hear that answer, if you really want to talk to us, then you must press the number one, because then that puts you in the queue and you'll get to our screen and then from there, you actually wind up getting with us on the air where we can talk to you. Mm-hmm. Now, last week we had some audio problems. Hopefully we fixed those this week. I believe we have. We have this beautiful gold mic. Is that gold? It's silver, isn't it? No, that's gold. Really? It's beautiful. It's I love it. champagne. It's, oh, it's, it's champagne. champagne. Yeah. That's even better. Uh-huh. You know, if we really want to take this show up a notch, mimosas <laughs> and marriage helper they go together. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so it's champagne according to our producer, Jesse True. And uh, and so here we are. So do we have any calls ready or do we need to talk about respect of this a little no, minute? We do have some calls ready. So the first call okay. we're going to take today is Gavin from Alabama who is going to have to explain because what I see, I don't understand on this screen. I have just a short blip of what you have. Gavin, can you hear us okay? I can. All right. I believe you have a question about a house in your grandparents' backyard. Is this correct? No. Uh, what it is is <laughs> no. Okay. Quite. What is it? Some. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. How can we help you, sir? Okay. Um. In March, my wife and me will will have been married for two years. Uh-huh. Um. My parents gifted us my grandparents trailer which is in their backyard mm-hmm. okay um and before i accepted it i asked her are you okay moving here because mm-hmm. it is in my parents backyard mm-hmm. as long as we're together that's fine 
six months later, I found that wasn't the case. Okay. What did you and find August out? In August of 2017, she left. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and so what's the question? And now she is saying she will not move back until, or she will not move back to the trailer at its current location. All right. So is the problem where Housing, it is, or is there something else going on? Uh, it's where it's at. She doesn't want to be behind my parents anymore. Mm-hmm. She says that it's isolating her um, and has just nitpicked and tried to find every excuse not to move back. Okay, so let me make sure I understand here, Gavin. Am I hearing you say that she's willing to try to work on the marriage, but not if she's going to be living in that trailer behind your parents? Is that correct? Right. Okay. Right. We'll have to find a new place to live. All right. So here's my question to you. Which is more important to you at this point, trying to put the marriage back together or still living in that trailer behind your parents' house? I've tried putting the marriage back together, mm-hmm. and that has been one of the priorities of the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't have the funds right now to move. That's that's one of the issues. Okay, so here's my question. Do you feel that this is some way that she's trying to keep from putting back the marriage back together, or do you feel that she's telling you that it really does bother her that much to live there? She has told me that it bothers her that much to live there. Mm-hmm. And do you believe And it? I've told her I agree. Okay. I don't like I don't like living there as much either. Okay. Just because I don't like living in my parents' backyard, but right now, neither one of us have the funds to move. I understand. But if she can give me like six months. Okay. So here's a suggestion. Of us working together. Then mm-hmm. and, and when you say, okay, we can figure out a plan for six months if we work together, what does she say in response to that, my friend? She just goes silent. Goes silent. Okay. So here's a suggestion. I'm not saying it's necessarily going to work, but a suggestion I'm going to make. You see, I think you're on the right track, but it sounds as if, and of course I don't know her, so I can only guess here, but it sounds as if she may be fearing that you're saying, okay, this could take six months, we'll work it out. Might be that, well, that's your intention, but we still may wind up being here seven months, eight months, 10 months, 12 months, 14 months later. In other words, that she hears you say you're willing to do that, but the fear she has is, well, what if we can't figure out how to make that work? Then I'm looking at a future of continuing to live here. And so maybe a slightly different approach, because I think what you're doing is very wise, but a slightly different approach where let's us together make a plan. As a matter of fact, I'm going to listen to you just as I ask you to listen to me. We're going to take some paper. We're going to sit down. If we need to talk to somebody who can be a third party to help us be objective, then let's pick whoever he or she may be. And let's sit down and together write this plan so that she feels she really is being heard so that she can get past her fear that nine months from now, it still hasn't worked and that you're still there. Is there some objective third party she would trust enough and that you would trust enough to help you think through a plan like that? I've tried to get her mom to help us. Mm -hmm. Maybe not Um, her mom, maybe somebody that's more objective. For example, do you happen to know uh, an accountant or do you happen to know a banker that both of you are friends with and that you have confidence in? No, we don't. 
Don't know anybody like that. Okay, are you church people by any chance? No. Okay. The, we are, mm-hmm. um, but she doesn't, we don't go to the same church. Okay. Anymore. All right, but you still go to churches, just different churches? Right. Okay. Well, then maybe you go see her minister, if that's who she has confidence in, because right now, it sounds to me like the problem is this. Now, I'm guessing, because I don't know your wife, but it sounds to me like the problem is that she's afraid, okay, we're going to get back together, live there, even though our plan is to leave, we're going to wind up still being there because somehow we're not going to make that plan work. Therefore, if you see somebody that she trusts, somebody with good sense, and I'm just going to assume for a minute that her minister has good sense, somebody where you can do two can sit down together and say, okay, let's figure this out. What do we need to do financially so that within six months we can be out of here? And the reason I'm you can do that, just the two of you, obviously. The reason I'm suggesting a third party is somebody who can ask you questions like, okay, but have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? And if this doesn't work, what's your backup plan going to be? Because my guess, and I, of course I'm guessing, but my guess is that the reason she goes silent is because she's thinking, no, it's not going to work and we're going to be here a year from now. Whereas if you can get her involved and make a written plan that both of you will follow, that then you help to alleviate that fear and you can go ahead and put the marriage back together and still get what both of you want, which is to live someplace else. Because when people pull together as a team trying to make something like that work, they get along a whole lot better than if one feels like it's the other person's responsibility alone. Right. Do you think that could work? Okay, well, I can try. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why, because I've been trying to work three jobs just to try and get as much free income freed up. Right. To where I can move. Okay. Are you familiar with who Dave Ramsey is? Yeah. I've been trying to follow his stuff. Excellent. Do you know of anybody in your area teaches his Financial Peace University? Like if it's, uh, if it's my no, church does. Uh, good. Then, then uh, my church does on occasion. All right. Is there a particular couple or individual that leads that class when your church does it? It's my pastor. Okay. Does she? Tru- he gave us the uh, Dave Ramsey book when okay. we got married. Good. Does your wife trust that pastor? I do not know anymore. Okay. All right. Well, then maybe you look for another church. I'm, there are bound to be churches around you doing Financial Peace University, and I think maybe that's the place to start. Find out some individual or couple in your area that leads Financial Peace University. Say to your wife, let's go sit down with this couple and get them to help us figure out a plan. And tell the couple, I can't pay you for this, but I know you care about people because you lead that class. Can you help my wife and me figure out how to make this work over a period of time? And if your wife agrees to that, then you've got some really good help, well-trained, and they can help you figure this out and, and give your wife some peace of mind that, hey, we really will make this work. Okay. Right. Well, I'll what, try that because I've exhausted all other options okay. I know of. Well, that's my suggestion. Try that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure if you look on Dave's, I, I don't look at Dave's website. He's a friend. As a matter of fact, tomorrow I'm actually speaking at Diva over there. And uh, so I'll be around Dave's employees tomorrow, but there's bound to be something online that'll tell you who in that area does those classes. And, and uh, if, if, if that's not true, 
just call the place and say, this is what I'm looking for. Help me and get that couple and help you guys work out that plan. Okay, my friend. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Give that a shot. Let me know if it doesn't work. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. I actually think that will work. And, and Ramsey's people do good work. They do. They really do good work. Mm -hmm. And the volunteers that lead those classes, I think that's the place to start because then you, they don't have the money to pay. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, if, if Dave's there tomorrow, he's not always there when I speak at their devotionals. Mm -hmm. um, but if he is there tomorrow, I'll just mention this to him and he'll probably give me some good ideas. If I get a chance to talk to him, he's an awfully busy guy. He pops in. Typically, I finish my speech. If Dave's there, he walks up and says some nice thing about it. Then he makes a better speech. <laughs> and and uh, as a matter of fact, it's always very encouraging. I think very highly of Dave and the yeah, folks that work there. Place. They're really good people. Very fun place. All right, Joe, the next question we have, the next caller we have is Adam from Georgia. Adam, can you hear us okay? Uh, yes, can you hear me okay? We can. How are you doing today? Uh, good, good. I just uh, have applied your guys' methods best I could. Uh, mm -hmm. Really feel like I don't do a great job, but then I think I am doing an okay job. She's responded. It was kind of had a breakthrough this weekend. She, um, I told her uh, right before Christmas, she told me she had feelings for another man, and I believe she revealed the OM, you know, the other man, and mm -hmm. I quit speaking to her because of that and missed Christmas and caused a lot of pain in my family. Yeah. I had a bad advisor uh, outside of a marriage helper advised me not to go to Christmas because of the news and I, and I think it was a very bad decision mm. um, well so so I broke the ice thanks to uh, Jared your marriage coach he encouraged me to, with his teaching and um, I, she asked me after, uh, after about a, a week you know why are you talking to me again and I said I'm stronger mm. and good I want to know, know I want to know about your life and and I said I don't you know I don't like that you feel this way for another man. I, I want you to feel that way for me, but I accept mm -hmm. it and, and, and I'm ready to, to listen. And, uh, wow. And when I said, when I said I didn't like it, she said, well, then maybe we should just stay casual in our friendship, whatever. And I said, don't make me casual. But so I thought, well, that went badly. Well, but then this weekend she just kind of unloaded on me and she got very, uh, emotional. Mm -hmm. And she, she said, she can't, and she said, I'm confused. Like, referring to me and this other man that she's confused she mm -hmm. let me know that he, he doesn't like her hanging out with me mm. um and uh all of this was surprising you know i mean she mm -hmm. not told me anything really about him outside that she had feelings for him and, and she worked yeah. with him yeah and then she suddenly goes why are you so perfect now you know, why didn't you do this in our marriage yeah. and you know she didn't trust my changes you know she um said, how can I heal if I'm hanging out with you so much? We spent probably between Friday and Sunday, we, I bet we spent 30 hours together. Excellent. kids were older and yeah, well, we, we've been doing that, see, but there, you know, there's no sex and she, we're just friends. I'm going to start dating in, in, you know, next month. And, and I got feelings for this other guy, mm -hmm. you know, I have to go off at moments and get away and, and weep. And then I come back and act like I'm okay. You know? <laughs> um, but you know, she says, you know, how can we, I heal if I'm hanging out with, um, and then in that same conversation, this is all in one conversation. She said, and she's hit me with this before, you know, she said, you know, I'm not capable of loving anyone. I, I'm not capable of commitment, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and then she said, you just want expect me to go back. And I said, no, I don't, 
And Jared told me to say, no, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go back, you know, and, and I accept, you know, that we're just friends. Mm-hmm. So those are the things I'm sorry to hit you with so much, but you know, she, she says, you know, why are you so perfect? How can she heal and see me? Mm-hmm. You know, how can she get over the divorce and still see me? Mm-hmm. And she isn't capable of loving anyone. Those are the questions I had. How do I respond? I don't know how to respond to those. Okay. Just accept, just listen. Um, if, if you were to say things like, you know, someday I wish that you could feel that way about me. That's actually okay. Okay. But the thing that Jared's teaching, I'm sure, because Jared's very good and he works with us and we think quite highly of Jared. The thing is you don't do things that make the other person feel they've been manipulated or pressured. But you can be honest about what you feel. That's okay. And the fact that she's continuing to spend time with you, even though she's saying things that sound contradictory to that, such as, how can I heal if I spend time with you? Oh, by the way, I'm going to wind up dating other people, even though I spent 30 hours with you. I'm incapable of love, even though I'm actually spending a lot of time with you. Understand that when a person's in a situation like this, try not to react to any one thing he or she says, even if they say that thing uh, repeatedly. Because sometimes it's in their own minds. They're trying to figure out, how do I deal with what I'm doing? How do I deal with what I'm thinking? How do I deal with what I'm feeling? And often the things they say will be contradictory, even though they themselves may not recognize how contradictory it is. It sounds to me, my friend, like you're doing all the right things. Mm -hmm. And when she says those things, you actually don't have to respond at all. You can just nod your head and, and be warm and friendly if that's what you want to do. Or you can say things like, I understand. I saw a woman actually lead her husband back and and rescue him from the relationship he was in years ago by saying things like, I understand how you feel. I accept the fact that you feel that way. I pray that someday you feel that way about me. And she put no pressure on him at all. And he wound up spending more and more time with her. And he actually said to me the same thing your wife just said to you. He said, I'm confused. And I said, why are you confused? He said, the only two people that understand me are that woman I'm involved with and my wife. And my wife's becoming my best friend. So it will be a period of confusion, but man, I'm listening to what you're saying and going, okay, I understand you have to get off sometimes and weep. I get it. I do understand that. But Adam, I'm saying, man, what I'm hearing here is very strong Mm -hmm. and I'm glad you're doing that. So keep doing what you're doing. Just you want to make sure you don't come across as manipulative, controlling that kind of thing, begging, whining, pleading, that kind of, kind of thing. But you're not doing that. And just let things kind of evolve because if she's spending that kind of money with you, it sounds like you're reestablishing that relationship even if she thinks she doesn't want to. Does that sound that way to you, Kimberly? Am I, you're hearing the same kind of thing I'm hearing in this? I am. I'm More of what I'm hearing than anything, Adam, is that you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to find the right phrases yeah. or the right words that are going to yes. fix things or bring her back. And that's, again, just to mirror what Joe was saying, that's not what's going to work here. What's going to work here is a consistent time after time, conversation after conversation for weeks and months at a time of her seeing you've changed, you're a safe place, you're accepting of her. That is the magic bullet that you're looking for here. So you're doing okay, it. You're, yeah, uh, you are doing that. it. That's very good insight, Miss Kimberly. Yeah, yeah I, I do. Okay, my friend, so it's not the magic word. It's just being consistent in what mm-hmm. you're doing. And just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. If, if anything works, that will. Mm-hmm. And it sure sounds to me like it's working, my friend, even mm-hmm. though sometimes it's like... And so listen... Mm-hmm. 
and, and, and listening and asking questions. Uh, I guess just when mm-hmm. you win in doubt, just listen and, and, and get her talking. Okay. Yes. <laughs> there you go, That buddy. is exactly right. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. I'm impressed, young okay. man. Very yes. impressed. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for your time. Thank you, Adam. And that was uh, pretty sharp on your part, Kimberly. Well, he was a, he's a good person to listen to because he's, he's got it. Mm-hmm. He's got it, and he's implementing it, and that is encouraging when we run across those people, when we find Yeah, but, but you actually saw what was going on there. He, oh, well. He's looking for that magic phrase, and somehow I missed that, and you got it, so <laughs> kudos to you. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know why you're so surprised. That's, but... I guess that's why, that's why I work for you, right? Okay. okay, very good. No, that's good. All right, the next caller we have is Sue from Michigan. Sue, can you hear us okay? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? I can. There's a bit of background noise. That's better. I'm running to the office. I'm at work. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're fine. You're fine. Um, How can we help you today, Sue? I, uh, well, I um, have been married for five years, um, five and a half years, and I found out that my husband has been on a limerent relationship back in November. Hmm. Um, and I swear, swear marriage helper has been my godsend through all of this. Um, Good. He's still, I feel he's still in the relationship. He says he's not, but, mm-hmm. uh, or that he's waiting and that if it's meant to be, it'll be. Um, but he also says that about us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we started counseling. It wasn't very good. You know, she suggested to me that I get a divorce. So I didn't mm-hmm. pursue that anymore. Good. Uh, but I've been listening to all your podcasts and all your information, and it's just been wonderful. It's really good. gave me hope and helped, you know, get me through all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally got him to agree to come to the Marriage 911. Okay. And I was talking to Johnny there at marriage helper and he's mm-hmm. been very helpful excellent um and i'm having an issue though i feel like i'm walking on eggshells all of the time mm-hmm. i mean i just don't he's just not the same person anymore we just don't communicate like we used to mm-hmm. uh he's kind of short with me he's never had a short fuse with me before and now mm-hmm. i'm you know i understand that he's under a lot of pressure and all of that i've been trying to practice you know doing my pies and Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that, Good. but um, I still just never know when I'm going to put him over the edge. I I have a feeling that he's getting pressured from both sides. Oh, I'm sure he is. And he mm-hmm. won't let me see, um, I'm sorry, he won't let me see the phone records, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, a big flag to me that he is still talking to her and doesn't want right. to admit it. But um, so I kind of let that go, but then I found out after he told me that he'd go to the marriage 911, that he's been hiding the fact that he's been charging all of his business expenses um, for a business that we purchased a year and a half ago, uh-huh. or two years ago. Um, he's been charging all of his expenses to try to get the business off the ground. And so now I had that to deal with thinking, we're gonna probably have to file bankruptcy um, mm-hmm. you know, he just kept it from me and told me, well, he didn't want me to worry and he didn't want me to be hurt. Right. Um, 
you know, all these different excuses. Okay. So I just don't know how to handle it all and not freak out all the time when I find something else. Okay, and that's a great question. Sue, when are you guys scheduled to come to the, uh, the three-day workshop? We haven't scheduled it yet because after I found that out, I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? I don't. <clears throat> if he's, he maxed out the credit cards that he had back in the fall, mm-hmm. right before I um, found out about the affair, mm-hmm. he had me sign some documents that put me on a consolidation loan that he had. And then, mm-hmm. which I, I thought that he was just trying to pay down some things that he had. I didn't realize that this is what okay. happened, and I was really naive. So to are, I didn't have, you say he's agreed to come to the workshop. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And and uh, what I'm hearing you say is that you have not yet scheduled a workshop. Do you intend to? I want to really bad. I'm just afraid now because I don't know where this is going to put us with, you know, this just compiled the problem with the affair. Now I got to worry about bankruptcy. Too. Okay. And, and I, I'm, I understand I'm that quite a bit. Quite a bit. What? I'm sorry. I'm older than he is. Um, okay. I'm 55 years old. Uh, he's 12 years younger than I. Okay. And so, you know, it might not be such a devastating thing to him, but it is to me. I didn't want to have to work, you know. Right. I understand. Until I die. <laughs> okay. So here's kind of the way to look at it, my friend. Here's what I'm suggesting, Sue. You can try to solve all your problems before you come to the workshop, or you can kind of just put everything on hold and say, okay, obviously we got into this over a period of time. It didn't happen overnight. And, and we're probably not going to fix it overnight either. And if we go to deal with some professionals, like not a marriage counselor that says you just need a divorce, but if you come to people like us, and for example, you've been looking at ours and you've been talking to Johnny, who's excellent. Mm-hmm. Coming to the workshop, when people actually get their spouse to agree to the workshop, what we normally recommend is this. Okay, just kind of back off on things now. Don't try to fix anything. Don't try to solve anything now. Because if you can get your spouse, if he or she's already agreed to come to the workshop, then come to the workshop. Let us do the things that we do there. And if those things work, and we we don't say that they do it 100%. You understand? We don't lie to people. But our success rate, is three out of four, which is pretty doggone good. If you can go ahead and, and yeah. come to the workshop and, and work that out, then your ability to solve the problems afterwards are a whole lot better than they are now. And so typically, here's what we suggest. Rather than trying to figure out, okay, what do we do about the potential bankruptcy now? What do we do about the, the uh, affair or whatever now? Is say, okay, if he or she's agreed to come, Let's just let everything lie even for a while. I'm not going to push anything. Let's go ahead and get to the workshop so we can get the professional help that we need from people who really want to help us save the marriage. And then those issues do have to be dealt with, but we can deal with it a whole lot better then because we'll have tools then, both of us will have tools then that we don't have now. Is this making any sense to you at all, Sue? I've been thinking about that, thinking, you know, I just, I got to, once we can get there and, you know, I don't know how it all works there, but it just sounds wonderful from all the reviews that I've read. And it's just Mm -hmm. like my saving grace. It's (laughs) what I think is my last hope. Well, Um, I can't say that we're your last hope, but I can tell you this, that what we do is very effective. I cannot guarantee 
that it works for everybody. You understand that because we don't lie to people. But it's extremely mm -hmm. good, has a very high success rate. And so my suggestion is give Johnny a call and say, look, I've just talked to Dr. Beam, and he says we need to go ahead and figure out how to get to this workshop. Johnny, help us figure out how to get there. And then back off on these other things. After you come to the workshop, then, then you'll have the tools to do what you need to do. Kimberly, what would you add to that? I, you know, the only thing I would add to that is to just not let fear guide this decision. That's correct. So the fear of, well, what if we go bankrupt, this, that, or the other. If your husband's spending the way that he's spending now, the $2,000 is going to go somewhere no matter what. I mean, it's going to go somewhere. So might as well use it towards getting the help that you need to make your marriage work. And I wouldn't let this be a fear-based decision, but a hope-based decision. What's going to lead us in the direction of getting us the most hope? And even if by chance you did wind up bankrupt, which I hope does not occur, but that doesn't mean that's the end of your relationship mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean it's the end of your future. Mm -mm. Uh, I mentioned my, my friend Dave Ramsey a few minutes ago. Dave went bankrupt, and now he's the richest man I know. <laughs> There's always ways to get past oh, wow. where you are now. And uh, so yeah. stop operating out of fear, my friend. Call Johnny back and say, we need to get to that workshop, Johnny. Help us figure out how to get there sooner than later. Okay? Okay. Okay, uh, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Sue. We'll make it happen somehow. Good. Thank you. Wonderful. That's the day. mindset to have. Now, it sounds to me like Sue's at a party. Did you hear all that background She's noise? at work. <laughs> well, that work must be a fun must place. Must be a party. Yeah, they like have a mimosas. place in the background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. The next caller that we have is Josh from Kentucky. Josh, can you hear us okay? Hi. Hello. Hi, Josh. How are you? Um, all right, uh, Dr. Joe, uh, first of all, need to start off by saying thank you uh, for gifting me the program back in November. It was the week that my wife moved out. You might remember the call because uh, I was buying her a car to keep her safe through the winter. Anyway, um, mm -hmm. I'm only here because of this program, Aww. so thank you. Oh, you're welcome, young man. Um, How can we help you today? Okay, well, it uh, hasn't gone perfectly. One thing that has worked out is that I am her trusted and best friend. Okay. That I feel like uh, we are kind of on the way to rebuilding things, but at the same time, her limerent relationship is over mm -hmm. he has cut things with her and she is not dealing with it mm -hmm. appropriately instead she is choosing to fix her eye on yet another married man mm -hmm. um with no intention of having any relationship whatsoever just to anesthetize i don't know um seems like she's addicted to unavailable men. I don't know. That's a possibility. Uh, this guy is not only married, but already carrying on a relationship outside his marriage. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, yeah. anyway, um, it is all within the social circle that she shares with her roommate. And Okay, I didn't understand what that meant. Say that one more time for me, please. 
this guy is within the social circle that she has with okay. her roommate, gotcha. the person she moved out with. Right. She did mm-hmm. not move out with the man. Right. Okay. Okay. So, uh, is there anything I can do to team up with the roommate who is losing her mind over the possibility of this? When the roommate isn't supposed to know. Well, when you, you start doing things, yeah, when you start revealing information that other people aren't supposed to know, then typically that works out badly. Kimberly, are you understanding now all that's going on here? Mm-hmm. I believe he's wanting to do some kind of intervention with the roommate towards his wife to get her to stop what she is doing, but the roommate's not supposed to know. Okay, is, 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 did Kimberly get that right. correctly? Okay, that, that you want the roommate to help you with I an intervention. So, yeah, I mean, that's the question. Is it worth saying, look, I did go to her because I feel like you're going to destroy her, all of her friends mm-hmm. are going to hate her forever for even bringing you in to their circle. Mm-hmm. Do you realize uh, that it, if it, you... Is do, this a control mechanism? Yeah, it's it's. Sound, my part. I think that's what she's going to hear it, yeah. whether whether it's your intention or not. I'm, if I were going to bet money, what, I'm not a gambler, but if I were, I would bet the money that that's exactly how she's going to react. She's going to say, "You're trying to manipulate me. You're trying to control me. You're trying to destroy my future. You're trying to make me do what you want me to do." And typically, people react very badly to that. And so, while I very much understand your desire to head off behavior that's going to be destructive. We really have very little ability to do that unless there are other people that are willing to do it for you. For example, if you go to marriagehelper.com, marriagehelper.com slash, I think it's slash intervention. And there are two different 45-minute audios there, and there's an ebook you can download there. You'll notice that interventions typically cannot be done effectively by the spouse. It needs to be done by other people. But it has to be people who are willing to do it, who already have their own knowledge of what's going on, and who can say to the person they're intervening, this is destructive behavior that we see, that we understand is destructive, and if you don't stop, this is what we're going to do in terms of our relationship. Therefore, if it's somebody who doesn't matter to them, it won't work. Or if it's somebody that does it reluctantly because you ask them to, it won't work. It actually has to be done by people who see the problem, who are willing to do the right kind of things to intervene. And it does not sound to me like this is a situation where that's going to work. Now, I'm not God. I don't know everything. But it sounds to me like this would backfire well, only, you. I don't know. The only, uh, you know, any, any, the only argument I have is that the roommate was, in fact, aware of her desire mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. But she promised that it had, that that interest had ended because she was, quote unquote, patching things up with the LO at the time. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, you do what you think is best. It's your life. You make your own decisions and I don't make them for you. It sounds like no. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I would, I would not recommend it. (laughs) I would not recommend it. Well. Uh, yeah, I don't know if in the meantime I ought to continue to just let our relationship 
blossom because we spend, I don't know, every weekend together. And uh, that's a, that's a she, good thing, my friend. Sometimes, even though it's very uh, difficult for the patients, for the first time over the weekend as well. It sounds like things are going in the right direction. Be patient, my friend. Try not to make things. Try not to push things. But it sounds to me like gradually you're going in the right direction. So yeah. if you can be patient and calm, in my opinion, that's what's going to work for you best. Mm -hmm. now, again, it's your life and your choice, but that's what sounds right to me, my friend. Right. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely the only voice <laughs> <laughs> telling me to hang in there. <laughs> okay. Well, hang in there. Okay. Voice of reason. Hang in there. All right. Take care, my friend. Thank you, Josh. We can understand, Kimberly, that people yeah. get impatient and they think, well, maybe if I do this, that'll speed it up. Maybe if I do that, some great thing will happen. But typically when we operate out of those kinds of motivations, yeah. we don't think clearly. No. And it also tends to be that a lot of times when people have a small victory, like he was saying after this past weekend, it's like, oh, I see, I've tasted some of this hope. Yeah. How can I get all of it quicker? And yeah. that's when we start thinking, well, if we do this, maybe it'll happen faster. You don't want it to go fast. You want it to go permanent, just like weight loss, right? If you lose it quickly, it's probably not going to stay off forever. If you lose it slowly, why are you looking at yeah, me? Why like were you looking that? at me when you said that? You were looking at me yeah. like I was looking at you for a reason, and I wasn't. I'm a yo-yo dieter. <laughs> I'll lose 30 pounds and then gain 40 back. And so I know you're talking about here, yeah. Didn't cross my mind until you just <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie when you're talking to the whole public out here. <laughs> Jesus knows my heart. He knows I'm not lying. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So the next caller, we have Robin from Missouri. Can you hear us, Robin? Yes. Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Mm -hmm. How can we help you today, Robin? Right. Are you there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, uh, first of all, thank you for taking my call. I've been married for 23 years. Um, been, I've known my husband for 27. We have five children. He's just recently um, told me that he's not happy in our marriage, that I've been very controlling mm -hmm. and domineering over him, mm -hmm. and that um, he wants to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. Mm -hmm. He wants his space. He wants his freedom. He hasn't left. We're in the same house. We're in the same bed. We're still intimate. Um, mm -hmm. he hasn't left, but he has said very hurtful, mean things. He says when he's around me that he's not happy, but when he's away from me, he is. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that's what he's been saying. And then he recently, um, he has a coworker. He didn't start saying this until he moved to his new job. And there's a coworker, um, my husband's 49, this coworker's 29, mm -hmm. that they've started a friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're friends and they text one another. And it really, really bothers me. He doesn't yeah. spend any one-on-one -on -one time with her. He says they're just friends. Mm -hmm. um, but he's also, he goes to events with her. He joined this team um, where he's the ref and she's on this team. But he's the, he's, he's the ref, so he goes to practice uh, twice a week and she's there. He also has this other event that he goes to as a group on Friday nights. So he's gone three nights a week. And, uh, you know, I told him, I was like, that's, you know, that's, and then, then they'll have their games on the weekend mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've just asked him, I said, would you consider not doing the Friday night event, you know, so we can work on our marriage and so we can mm -hmm. be together as a family. Um, and he said, no, he said, no, you don't possess me. 
You okay. don't own me. A couple of questions. So if I'm at right. a point where I just, it, I don't know what to do. Before, sorry, before this woman came into the picture, did he ever say you were controlling or dominating before then? Ever? No. He okay. never said that before. Okay. He, he's been unhappy for a while. He lost he lost his job in 2015, mm-hmm. um, a, a job that he was at for, for 19 years and making six figures. So it was very he important He lost that job him. in 2019. Okay, so. Yeah, he, 2015. All right. Our oldest moved out in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, then he found two other jobs, but one was, you know, a job that he wasn't able to make the, the mark, so okay. they let him go. And then he got a, then he got another job, and he, he was doing well, and things seemed like they were kind of turning around. And then he got, and then that job they got bought out, and he got let go there as okay. well. So you're talking about he a man lost. who has gone yeah. through several losses, right? Yes. Okay. Now, yes. Let, and, and I don't mean to be offensive by this question, but I'm asking just for information: Are you controlling and dominating? Yes. Yes, I have been because I've been reading um, a book, kind of about um, you know how to be a, a better wife, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize some of the things I was doing and saying have been controlling. Mm-hmm. My husband is, uh, he, he is a passive individual. He's very laid back. Okay. And I'm more of a type A individual. Gotcha. He, he does do our finances and he does pay the bills. Okay. Uh, but you make decisions, decisions. You make decisions rapidly and you're a person that uh, isn't afraid to say what she thinks about things one way or the other. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, that is correct. And yet he's more, uh, as you just said, you said passive. Let me use a different word. He's a word. He's a guy who's a processor. He thinks things through. Yes. And uh, sometimes uh-huh. he won't say what he's thinking because of the fact that he's not sure how people are going to react to it. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes, that's okay. 100% correct. All right. So in situations such as you're describing, it is not uncommon that the person who is the more uh, of the processor person will feel dominated and controlled by the person that's more decisive and, and, and faster acting. So there is a good possibility then that that really is the case. Now, it doesn't mean you're an evil person. Don't, don't hear that. I'm just saying that there sounds as if there was some validity to his perception. But that, believe it or not, is very, very fixable. Because you sound to me like you're a relatively intelligent person. I'm assuming you're smart. Is that right? I, I feel that way, yes. And I'm, some, I'm successful at my job. Okay. Although my job does involve sales and I've been a little off track since this uh, all started. Yeah, you're human. That's okay. It's okay to be human. Mm-hmm. But you're an intelligent person and, and you know how to get things done. And so the situation being described here in terms of him feeling controlled, that is fixable. Now, we have another situation, though, that's going on at the same time where apparently his ego has been shattered by several things, such as losing that job, such as a child moving out, mm-hmm. such as another job not working, et cetera, et cetera. And, and men can be fragile when it comes to those things. I don't mean weak. I don't mean spineless. It's just that often with guys that our egos get tied up in, in our jobs and how successful we are at that. And therefore, when persons or when a particularly a guy, but it can be a woman as well, when they begin to have that, uh, that ego uh, being suppressed, that's not even the right word, bruised is a better word. When that ego starts getting bruised, then anything that comes along that tends to make us feel better about ourselves, we tend to gravitate toward. And what it sounds like, mm-hmm. I can't tell you this is true, but what it sounds like is that the attention of a 29-year-old, even if he has no intention of ever 
letting it get to certain situations is somewhat stroking that bruised ego. And if that's the case, then like all human beings, we tend to move toward those things that feel good and away from those things that don't feel so good. So the situation you're describing is very understandable. The fact that he's still in the same bed with you, the fact that you're still making love to each other is actually a very good sign. So what is it that you believe he's asking you to do at this point, if anything? Well, that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out because when we are intimate, I, I'm the one that initiates it. Mm-hmm. And then, it, it, you know, so he, he agrees. And then once we're, you know, done, he just rolls over. I mean, he, he feels very, it feels like he's very detached from me. He, he doesn't be. have conversations. Huh? He may be detached. That actually may be the case, but it doesn't mean that can't be fixed. Everything I'm hearing here mm-hmm. tells me that this is a potentially fixable situation uh, by any chance. And I'm just, I'm asking for your curiosity's sake. Are you a part of our online course or talking to any of our coaches or anything like that? No. And as a matter of fact, I, I would love to love, love, love to, because I, I'm trying to figure out how to, ha- I mean, when he goes to these events and I know she's there, mm-hmm. it hurts. It hurts me very badly. Mm-hmm. And sure I've does. told them that, that it, I've told them that I, I said, I, I feel very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you have this relationship with your, and he won't let me see his text messages. Yeah. He's blocked his phone from me. Yeah. I said, you know, I feel very vulnerable about your relationship. And he said, he goes, he said, you're making something out of nothing. Mm. It's all in your head. Yeah. And, and, um, so I don't know how to handle it. I don't know what to say. Okay. And I'm leaning toward, I'm leaning toward leaving the house because it's so painful to me and okay. I don't know what to do. And financially we're struggling because of his job losses. Yeah. And he's the current job he is at is still not where he was. And we're still right. holding on to our house and right. trying to support three kids in college. Right. So well, may I su- that's where I'm struggling too. I understand. May I suggest that you not leave? Now, you can do what you want. It's your life. And I'm certainly not going to tell you what to do. But I suggest that you don't leave for a couple of reasons. One is it's going to be much more difficult to deal with this if you're out of the house. And, and secondly, there's always some degree of relief for you and him once a separation takes place because now you're not having to deal with the issues. And, and actually coming back together to work on that can be sometimes difficult, particularly for the more passive individual because it's like, well, right now I'm feeling some degree of peace. Why should I need to go back through that difficulty of trying to solve mm-hmm. our problems? So I recommend that you do not leave the house. Your choice, but I recommend that you okay. don't. And um, okay. I tell you what I will do for you. I will give you the online course as my gift, but well, only if you. you agree that you'll go through every piece of it. And then I will, because I think this is going to be necessary for you that if you get into the online course and you see that what we're talking about really is vital to you, then I strongly urge you to consider coaching with one of our coaches, because that's when a person can actually guide you into thinking things through, understanding how to interact with your husband, those kinds of things. We have male coaches, we have female coaches, and part of where they're training, part of their training is understanding the dynamics that go on between a person who is more um, passive, to use your word, and a person who's more aggressive, Um, and they can help you think that through. Now, if you do that, of course, it will cost you some money, but I'll give you the first part of it mm-hmm. free. If you'll, as you go through it, seriously consider 
using one of our coaches to help you figure out how to make this work. Would you be willing to do that? Yes, I would love that, yes. Okay, well, we're gonna put you back yes. on, on hold here in just a second, and, and if you'll give our screener your information, we'll make sure that you get into the online course. It's actually closed right now. The only way you can get into the thing right now is through some kind of a special thing like this. Um, but I'll do that for you because you sound to me like a really intelligent person. And I'm t I'm, what I'm trying to tell you, you is, even though this is painful for you right now, everything I hear is fixable. I cannot guarantee it will be. But I'm telling you that the things I'm hearing here are actually these are the kind of things that can be repaired and the marriage made good again. It really can. Well, and that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out is, am I making this out of something that it's not? I mean, he's, he's still telling me these hurtful things. It's hurting that he you. would have left me years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is something that needs to be dealt with. It's, it's not nothing. Okay. You're not imagining things here. Uh, and, and this does need to be dealt with before it gets out of hand, in my opinion. No, I'm just, you know, it's my opinion, okay. but that's my opinion. So we're going to put you back on hold, and if you'll tell our screener, uh, make sure you hang on until okay. you get to her, and uh, and we'll get you that course, okay? Thank you, Robin. Okay, okay. All right, thank you. Thank you. You know, I know that course is closed, and I know I'm not supposed to be giving it away, so forgive me. <laughs> how can you ask, how can you say forgive me when... We're saving marriages and strengthening families. No. Okay, I just know that the course is closed right now. Um, yeah, it's only open four okay. times a year for people to get into. And, and for those who are in that particular program, um, tomorrow night, Tuesday night's when we do our weekly mm -hmm. um, support call. Support call. Weekly people group support in. call with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm on there for it. And if you, yeah. if you say, wow, I really want to know more about that, then you call and talk to one of our client representatives and they can help you understand about, about that course and, yeah. and when it's available. And, and you can also join you. the wait list for it for the next time we open it, which will be in a few weeks. But you can find out more about that at your dot, your, my Southern's coming through, your, <laughs> your dot marriagehelper.com slash save my marriage and you can join the wait list there as well so mm -hmm. but if you options. really want to know more about it call and ask for one of our client representatives if you already have one ask for him or her and ask them about it because uh, anyway they can tell you all about it and they can do things to help mm -hmm. okay absolutely the next caller that we have is Ashwani from Canada did I get your name right yes you did Perfectly all right. Wonderful. How are you I doing guess, today, Ashwani? Uh, I'm good, thanks. Uh, um, it's pretty good uh, weather out here. And uh, I wanted to start the call with uh, saying thank you very much for taking my call, first of all. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you both. Well, thank, thank you. you. And uh, needed your house today with something. And I was wondering, uh, now that we have Dr. Beam online and I can ask him this question mm -hmm. uh, live, just to tell you a background about my situation, um, I've been separated from my wife uh, for almost a year. Today is the anniversary, actually, last year, January 21st. Mm. Uh, uh, that was the D-Day, as we used the abbreviation there. But I got to know about her uh, long-term affair of almost like four years um, mm. with her employer, who was also married and uh, you know, 10 years older than her, different cultural background and everything. And uh, we've been married for 15 years before that, and I knew her since school, like when I was, when I was 15, so almost 25 years. Um, so the situation is that, that came as a shock to me, and I never realized that it could happen in our life. And uh, I did some silly things. I actually attempted suicide, and uh, 
I was in hospital for a week and somehow mm-hmm. doctors saved me. But uh, as Dr. Beam says, these things doesn't work out ever. <laughs> she was confused in the hospital. But she's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to leave everything, just come back. And then the moment I opened my eyes, she was like, no, he's crying. I cannot stay with you anymore. And she left. Mm-hmm. But uh, I never told anybody first that something happened with her. I told it's all my fault. I, um, you know, managed uh, our relationship wrong and all this stuff. But then she was the one who, you know, went out and told our friends and my parents that she's having a relationship and that she wants to get out. So Richard eventually uh, backfired on her as well because some of her relatives uh, broke up with her and all my friends, you know, broke up with her. So she left alone thinking that she's the best, uh, that's the best decision she can take. And I tried to... Like as uh, you said in your videos, beg, plead, and you know, requested her that you know I can leave my job, let's go back, let's do something else, and I can work this out. Um, but she was like adamant that no, I cannot be, I can never be loyal to you, and she was confused at that time whether to leave me or stay with me. But um, I don't know what happened. Eventually, she made a decision to get out, and we had a long, eight months long legal battle in terms of signing the agreement where. Eventually, I gave her all the money, sold the house, gave her half the house. She never paid me any money for three years before this D-Day, but I still let her go with all the money, thinking that it's all good. I can make money later on, but the relationship's gone, which is very bad. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why, Dr. Bean, the things started going other way around, and she started blaming me for everything, saying, like, I lied, I manipulated, mm-hmm. I made her do this. On social media, with her relatives, everything. Her parents started saying, mm-hmm. I changed because of that. She had to get out. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, so now and then, even after, like, agreement is signed, and this week or next week, she can take divorce based on the agreement uh, we have signed in November last year. Um, she's still putting some, you know, stupid stuff on social media saying that mm-hmm. I lied, I cheated, I manipulated right. her to get into this mm-hmm. situation, and she's strong enough to be happy. Right. So how? Which how, actually sometimes bothers me. And, yeah. How may we help you, my friend? Yeah. So I wanted your help and guidance in terms of understanding: is it the time for me to let it go? How should I handle these situations where she's not like? I understand if you're happy, let you be, like, go and be happy. Why are you still, you know, trashing me for nothing on social media and still creating this nuisance around it, whereas I'm not even saying anything to you. I haven't spoken to her since February 8th last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, and, I'm not quite you know, understanding. Me, you're asking me why she's doing this? Is that... No, I'm saying that what, do you, what is your opinion on... Her situation plus what should I do what is like should I just let it go should I be I think he wants to know if there's hope Ashwani are you wanting to know if there's hope if this can be saved and if so what you can do to help bring her back okay but you just but you just said it's been right at a year since you've actually communicated with each other is that what I just heard that's right but the communication she sent me a couple of emails in between to deal with the legal uh, issues other than that but, you know, I never replied thinking, I don't know if I'm doing it right or wrong or I should 
just replied because the moment I reply, she starts abusing me for something else. Right. I don't know what happens to her. So the communication, except for so, a couple of emails, was over a year ago or about a year ago, and and she continues to this day to post things on social media where she's attacking your character, your personality, your integrity, things like that. That's what I'm hearing you say, correct? That's exactly right. Okay. And I can understand that you still love her and that you still like to make this relationship work. But it becomes an extremely difficult thing to do when the other person will not communicate at all. And if that person continues to use vitriol against you, um, continues to say these negative things about you, negative things to you. I'm not telling you to give up hope. It's, it's not my right or privilege to tell somebody to give up hope. But if you're asking my opinion of, okay, are the odds here good, bad, or, or indifferent, I'd say it doesn't sound good. Because here's a person that just won't listen. Now, does that mean that she won't at some point? She may. Could it mean that at some point you start communicating with each other? Yes. Understand that when people are saying really negative things about you, that kind of anger is always based on some kind of pain. Now, it could be pain that she feels that you've caused her. That's a possibility. Or it could be the pain that you're still there and this divorce is not final and she wants to go and live her life her way. It could be pain from that. It could be pain because of the fact that she guilt, feels guilty. I can't tell you what kind of pain is driving this, but the fact that she's continuing to be so negative about you and say so many mean things about you to other people indicates a great degree of anger, which indicates the great likelihood of a great deal of pain within her. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, if, if you're going to uh, help her alleviate the pain, and I don't know that you actually can, but accepting the fact that she wants out, accepting the fact that legalities are going to get to the point where she can be divorced and move on. Divorce in our world, when we talk about divorce, we don't think of that as being the end. There's always possibilities after divorce, although I understand nobody wants the divorce and it's a panic thing to think about divorce. But what I'm hearing, and I can't tell you what to do, but what I'm hearing sounds as if the inevitable for you is to say, okay, let it go ahead and happen. Let it go ahead and end. And I'm going to start living my life as if there may be somebody down the road for me. Then if at some point she starts changing and starts losing this, this anger, this rage, if she starts becoming more amenable to conversation with you, then maybe then, maybe then there's a possibility of putting this back together. And we surely hope that happens for you. But based on what you're describing right now, it sounds like the situation that you're in, the only way I would know how to proceed, and if, there, and if there's a better way, fine, but the only way I would know how to proceed right now is to say, okay, if she wants it legally over, I'm gonna let it be legally over. Now, I would ask you to be very more conscientious about how much you give her, because what I heard you say is you gave her all the money, you mm -hmm. gave her half the house, I don't know that you actually benefit the other person by giving them too much. Yeah. She's already angry. So I doubt anything you do is actually going to make her truly angrier at you. But at this point, think in terms of two things. Number one is, what's, what do you need? And make sure you protect that. Number two is, are you really uh, aiding and abetting? Uh, what's the word they use for that in psychology? Enabling. Are you enabling her to do some bad stuff by giving her too much? And so I would ask you to consider speaking to your attorney and saying, I want to be fair, but I don't want to give her everything. Two reasons. 
I need what I need. And number two is, I don't want to enable her to go do whatever the heck it is that she wants to do. Mm -hmm. But again, that's your decision, my friend. But if it were I, that's how I would approach it. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what I understood, uh, uh, Dr. Beam. The situation is that I've already, uh, like we had this legal issues for almost eight months, but I actually fought for my rights. I didn't give up Good. that easily saying, like, okay, I can give you the house and you can take whatever you want. Good. But eventually we signed an agreement where I said, okay, half the house is yours. You know, whatever money you owe me, it's okay, you can take that. And we move on. We signed the agreement. It's a matter of just going for her to go to court and get the divorce now. There's no legal issues involved right now. Where okay. we, we, I can make it make her stuck or you know, she can make me stuck. The only thing is that's where I feel more, you know, awkward in the situation where everything is done. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to talk about these things again and again? And why are you justifying that you're happy? If you're happy, just go. Go ahead with your life. Yeah. Why are you calling me cheater where I didn't do anything? Well, it might be, my friend, and, and understand, I'm, I'm not for divorce. I'm pro-marriage. But it might be that what you're going to do is get your attorney to move then, to say, okay, we need to bring this pain to an end. Therefore, I want my attorney to go ahead and do the things that, that will make this marriage end so that hopefully she'll start viewing things differently. Hopefully at some point we can put it back together. I don't know that I would let another person continue to torture me by attacking me, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know how that benefits her. I don't know how that benefits you. And while we're, I'm always pro-marriage, always hand out divorce, it may be in this situation, you might need to get your attorney to go ahead and make the divorce occur. But again, that's what you talk to your attorney about. I can't give you advice about that. Right. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate okay. that. All right. Well, thank you yeah, very much. But thank you very much for the advice. Okay, I really thank appreciate you. Uh, your feedback. And thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. You know, another thing that he said was that he hasn't been responding to her emails because he didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And so my only other thing that I would add on top of that would be don't just stay silent. I mean, if she's already angry, then just respond in the way that's calm and gentle and strong. That's a good point. And that's, I mean, that's the only thing he has right now. That's the only thing he can do. And so that's, you know, I would say don't shy away from that during this process. But like you had said earlier in the conversation, there's something deep from what he said, there's something else in her life that's making her angry. Sure sounds that way. It sure does. And so, you know, I don't know how long they were together before this happened or any of that kind of stuff, but... Mm -hmm. You know, just as a, as an individual, I hope she finds something that takes away that anger. Right. We have a couple more calls. Let's try and get to. Okay. <laughs> let's try and get to a couple of more. The next one we have is Stephanie from Georgia. Stephanie, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Good. How are y'all? Thank you for taking my call. <laughs> You're welcome. Glad to have you on. How may we help you today? Okay, so this probably um, sounds crazy, um, but my spouse and I, we've been separated for five months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been separated about 1,200 miles apart, I guess. And um, about two and a half months in, he said, he called me and he told me that he wanted a divorce and that he just no longer wanted to talk to me. So all contact just completely ceased and just stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and fast forward to about a month ago, he called me, um, this is very late at night, and he says he told his sister that he wanted to divorce me, 
But when she asked what his reason was, he couldn't give her a reason. So he was thinking about it and said that he wants to work on the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we were looking into apartments or looking at the houses to move into together, you know, for me to make the move back um, those 1,200 miles, which has been a plan for me anyways. Um, we got in a small disagreement about it, which I honestly did not handle the right way, um, looking back on it now. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, we've had limited contact. And then yesterday he called me, and he said, um, maybe I'm just too immature and selfish to make, well, let me go back. So he said, um, I know you should be my priority because you're my wife, but maybe I'm just too immature and selfish to make you a priority. I just don't have the capacity to give this marriage the attention that it needs. So I believe that we need to split up. And um, he said, I'm going to split the bank accounts up. Once you make the move, if you're, and then he asked me if I was able to afford a place by myself. Um, and he said, um, yeah, I mean, just pretty much, he said he's going to split the bank accounts up and mm-hmm. he said he's going to help me with my student loans because he knows I have an abundance of them. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's not impossible to get back together after divorce. So honestly, if he had no, re- if, you know, if he felt he had no reason a month ago to divorce, mm-hmm. and he kind of feels he's too immature and selfish at the moment mm-hmm. to, um, you know, give the marriage attention, like, where do I go from here? Okay. Do I even pursue? Well, of course, it's always your decision yeah. as to what you do. But I don't know that you need to always believe that a person's telling you exactly what you're feeling. For example, if a person says, such as he did, I'm too immature, I'm too selfish, whatever the phraseology may be, sometimes it's because they actually feel that way right now, but it's not necessarily what they're always going to feel. And sometimes they say that because they just don't know what else to say. It's like, okay, I don't know that I have what it takes to make this thing work, to put it back together. So I'll just take the responsibility and say, it's all my fault. I'm the one that's mature. Let's, Let's move on. In other words, the fact that he says that in and of itself, mm-hmm. if, if, if I were you, I would not react too much to that statement. What you can assess is, okay, okay that right now he says he doesn't want to do this as of today. All right. He did a month ago. He doesn't today. He's been vacillating. Now, when it comes to splitting up things like the bank account, those kinds of things, I'm assuming that you trust him that that will be equitable. You said, um, you're assuming I trust him to what? Do you trust him that it's going to be fair? Yeah, that is something he said, that it's going to be fair. I mean, I don't really assume it's going to be fair, but... <laughs> okay, so you don't trust that. him. Uh, is that correct? No, I trust, I trust him. That he, I trust him. Okay. And, and did I hear, and I just want to make sure I got this straight, that you're going to move 1,200 miles no matter what. Is that correct? Yeah, so that was already a plan of me moving there eventually within the next few months or so. Okay. That's, I mean, that's where he is. That's where we're from. Um, we're military, and this is our last duty station. And um, originally when we, he moved five months ago, it was he was supposed to be there temporarily um, mm-hmm. finding a place for us while I stayed here because mm-hmm. we didn't believe that we both should be uprooting our jobs and going there with no income or anything. So okay. I stayed, and I was going to work the holiday season here. Right. Is he the kind of person that uh, tends to avoid confrontation or not? Oh, yeah. He uh, avoids conflict a lot. 
Okay. Which is what something I was going to say. So um, when I don't feel he's just saying it because he doesn't just say stuff, I guess. Um, he holds his tongue. He likes to process us, and he comes back to it. So this must be something that he's actually been thinking about. It may well so be. So in a way, I was at because I was happy because he finally opened up to me because he hasn't told me anything. Mm -hmm. So It may well be what he feels. But you understand that with a person who tends to be... Uh, more passive, a person that, that tends to think things through, sometimes they'll actually say what they think is gonna cost the least amount of argument. So for example, if, if I'm the person that tends to avoid controversy and I say, I don't wanna be married to you because I don't like you, then because I uh -huh. don't want to, uh, because I don't like controversy, I just said something that's gonna create controversy. Or if I say something to you like, I don't wanna be married to you anymore because of whatever reason, then people who don't uh -huh. like controversy can find a reason that hopefully doesn't create controversy like, mm, it's my fault, I'm the problem. And it doesn't mean that he's lying, it is actually part of the process, but part of what's driving that process is the fact that they're actually wanting to avoid confrontation. Now, I'm taking it by, just by the way you talk to me, and so tell me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm, I'm interpreting that you tend to be a person that does not avoid controversy, is that correct? That I don't avoid controversy? That, that, no, that don't. if controversy needs to occur, you'll go ahead and get it done. That's, I mean, that's honestly how I feel. And I mean, like I said, I don't always go about it in the right way, but I do okay. like to get stuff handled All right. when it's, it comes up. So we have a situation of a person who's more... Um, of a processor who thinks things through that doesn't like controversy, married to a person that doesn't necessarily like controversy, mm -hmm. but if it needs to be done, you just go ahead and get it done, correct? Yeah, pretty much. That sounds about right. Okay. And, and so the situation you have here, okay, he probably will be fair and, and, and equitable in whatever he divides up. If you're going to be moving there anyway, I think that's a good thing. Understand that if, and, and he is right, and the divorce doesn't necessarily mean it's over. That is true. But since you're going to be moving there anyway, I would suggest that you start trying to understand more about how your personalities, because... People who are um, aggressive, and I don't mean that you're mean and spirited, I don't mean that. People who will confront things and do what needs to be done, when they're married to people who avoid controversy, often will lead the other person to kind of pull back and, and feel as if he or she is being controlled or manipulated. Not because that means you necessarily want to control or manipulate, but you just deal with things that need to be dealt with. Dealt with. And if the other person's that more passive, laid back, think this thing through, etc., they can wind up feeling disrespected. They can find up, wind up feeling overrun without you having any idea that you're actually doing that because you're just dealing with life as you deal with life. And so if you're going to wind up living in the same place, and if you wind up having any kind of interactions with each other, a couple of things I would recommend is this, or are these. Number one, try to listen to him. And, and it was right when you said, I was really happy that he opened up to me. That's good. The more likely he is to do that in the future has to do with how much he feels you're truly listening and that you're not going to uh, give a rebuttal. You're not going to say, well, yeah, yeah, but... In other words, that you're truly listening. And I'm not saying you're not a good listener. I'm just saying you have two different personalities. That would be one thing. And the other is that where he can feel that he's accepted and treated with great respect, 
And that can be difficult in a situation like yours because you will tend to want to do things and you won't see it as being disrespectful. You'll see it as it just needs to be done. I'm going to do it. Whereas he might feel it's disrespectful because he feels you ran over him. Now, I'm not trying to make you as a bad person. I don't believe you are at all. I'm just saying you have very different personalities. And these are some of the things that come when personalities are that differentiated. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I definitely understand that. And I know he did feel controlled, um, like how you were saying, in the moment, or I didn't feel I was controlling him. But as I've taken a step back and looked and I've watched numerous videos of y'all, I've noticed that I was controlling um, with quite a few things. And I know he probably did feel like overran Mm -hmm. with, you know, well, take your time with this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not bad to be who you are. It's just a matter of figuring out how to blend these personalities where they each feels respected. Mm-hmm. It, it's doable. It definitely can be done, but sometimes it takes some education in it, like mm-hmm. to understand how this is really working. And I hope that you check out the things on our websites that are free and all those things. And, and we're always here. And if, if at some point you want and you feel you can benefit from it, call and ask about one of our coaches because our coaches are trained in this as well and can help you think through how you're affecting each other. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank you I'm so ready. much. Have a, good, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Stephanie. It comes back to what we started off the program. It's interesting mm-hmm. how some of our calls today tied back to the topic of mm-hmm. people feeling respected. Yep. It's not about whether or not I respect you. It's about the way we're interacting with each other, do you feel respect? Mm-hmm. So how will they get to this YouTube video that you did? So they can go to youtube.com slash marriage helper and it's not there yet. But if you subscribe to our marriage helper channel, then you'll get notifications of when we have new videos, new releases, things like that. We're doing that every week and it'll be uploaded later this week. They'll be able to watch it there and then they can comment and give their feedback and tell me what they And the name of the, of the, this one again is why men don't need respect. <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching that one. <laughs> yes. Yes. It should be good. Well, it was a great show today. Some great callers, Thank all great guys. callers. Absolutely. If you have other questions that you have that we didn't get to today, or you want to know more about what we do at Marriage Helper, the resources we have, our workshops, our online courses, or our coaching, you can visit us at marriagehelper.com, or you can always call our office. You can call toll-free at 866-903-0990. We would love to help you out in any way that we can. And also, a lot of people might be off work today. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. He is actually one of my heroes. Yes. Great man. Great things that he had. Um, As flawed as the rest of us, mm -hmm. but it's a better place. It's a better world because he lived. And, you know, there's something that we can even take from our marriages from the things that he would say. When When he could see a future that was not the one that he was in, he couldn't actually envision a reality of the vision that he had in his mind when he had a dream of a place that there would be no difference in color, that everyone would get along, that we would all respect each other. But he went out on a limb and he said, I see it and I believe that we can do it. And that's something that all of us can have Good point. right now for our own situations, for our own marriages, to believe that it can happen. Excellent point. 
Mm -hmm. So we hope you have a good day remembering the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we hope that you have hope for your future. And we can't wait to see you next Monday. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you.